Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. The book of Luke, chapter 2. I bet you knew where we were going today, but I want to make sure that you know where it's located. Luke, chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. I am excited to read the Christmas story or portion of it this morning. We have our Christmas Eve service coming up this week. Don't miss it. It's my favorite service of the year. We're going to have a great time. Brian and I will be able to be here in, uh, in Owensboro on Christmas Eve, and we are looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to those glow sticks, too, because that is scary stuff when the kids get a hold of the candles. But the candles are so pretty, so we'll just add some glow sticks to it. Let's read today. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place when Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child, So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son. Thank you, God, for him. Wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and she laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. Aren't we thankful today that God stepped out of heaven, the brightest, lightest, most wonderful place on earth, and took a step down into darkness and was not afraid to come into the darkness of this world, but he came freely so that you and I could have an opportunity to know God and not be lost in our sin. Are you grateful today? He stepped from heaven into into an oppressed people. He stepped from heaven into a dark place. He was born in a cave in the backwoods town of Bethlehem. Do you know, we think about a stable like in the nativity scene where the two boards are making up the roof and the two boards making up the side, but in all actuality, Jesus was born in a cave. There's a caving system uh, under Bethlehem, and actually the, the, the church of the nativity is right on top of a cave. It's where we go to, to say thank you to our God, to pay honor to God for what he's done for us, and to celebrate the life that he gave us in Jesus right there in the church of the nativity sitting on top of that cave. Jesus came not just into a stable, but into a dark cave. And he came and he did it so that he could bring light to those of us that were lost in darkness forever. And I'm telling you today that that Joseph and Mary, they, they didn't just show up somewhere with no plans and not have whatever. Every single person was required to come and to do the census. And here she is, Her days have fully come to deliver Jesus. I know what took them so long to get there. I know why they were the last ones in town, because she was pregnant. There was a lot of stops going on. 
It's a lot of stretching going on. It was a long ride from where Mary had to come. And so here she was ready to deliver her firstborn. Now, I don't know about you, but the firstborn is always a little bit more, uh, you know, by the time you get to the third child, you'd just be like, we'll just go somewhere and hope that we, the baby doesn't come while we're there. But the firstborn, you really want to stay home. You want to nest. You want to make sure that everything's right. You want to perfect everything. You want to make sure that this child's entrance into the world is right. And Mary didn't have the privilege to do that. She had to go to the census. She had to claim that her fam- who, what her family was, how many of them were, they were. And they had to go on this trip. So here Mary is, and she knows good and well that she's about to have one of the most impacting days of her life. In fact, she already knows that she is carrying God himself. Can you imagine the pressure of, about, of being about to deliver God himself? And she is ready, she goes, it takes them a while, they get there at the end, and all of the rooms are booked. It's kind of like big sporting events, things like that, that you try to go to and you can't get a hotel room. My friend went to the Kentucky Derby this year, and she stayed all the way in Cincinnati, 70 miles away from the Derby, and she barely got a room, and when she went to pay for her room, they had hiked the price of a room from $200 to $1,000 and told her to take it or leave it. When the rooms are gone, the rooms are gone. If the people are there, they're, they're there, and everyone is fighting over these rooms, and Joseph and Mary are looking, and there's no price line, so they couldn't plan ahead. It's like when we were children. How many of you remember no price line days? When you went on vacation or you went on a trip and you got to the place that you were headed and it was late at night and your mom and dad would go hotel to hotel to hotel and see what the best price was, they price lined it themselves. I remember living in in Texas my entire childhood and every Christmas coming home to Kentucky. And when we would come home to Kentucky, we would stop halfway to Kentucky. We loved it when we got to Kentucky. My sister still loves the sound of a gravel driveway because we didn't have those in West Texas, but my grandma's driveway was gravel. And when we would wake up after being on that long road trip, we could hear that gravel driveway. and We knew that we were about to get spoiled. So it was a fun day, right? And my sister loves that sound. But I remember coming another, I remember the other night of our trip. My sister Nikki chooses to block the this one out, but I remember the night that we would stop in Missouri, halfway between Texas and Kentucky. I remember that night because we would be drug around for at least an hour or two, price lining our own hotel room. And my dad would go in and he would come out, and he would go in and he would come out, and he would go in and he would come out. And then finally, my dad would find a hotel room that he thought was the best price for that night. And when he came out, my mother would go into that hotel room, and inevitably, It was not clean enough for my mom. We would drag all the stuff in. We would unload it, and we would get in there, and my mom would say, we can't stay here. Oh, it was every year we had to do this and go through this process. So we would take all the stuff, we would put it back out, and my dad would start over again, and this would go on and on and on. And then finally, the second time, my mom would say, well, it's still not very clean, but we're going to let it go. We're just going to stay in it anyway. And it looked the exact same as the first hotel we stopped at. Because 
We were in a small town in Missouri, and we were just looking for a hotel room. And I've got a new—I got news for you. They all look the same in that small town in Missouri. There's no difference in them. So we were just looking for the best price. Now, Joseph and Mary, this is what was happening. They were just going door to door, door to door, and she's already feeling it coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus, Joseph, you need to get the right. You've got to find some place because Jesus is coming. Finally, he finds someone that will, and I want you to, if you're notes, taking notes, write this down. I want you to remember this phrase. They find someone that will make room for Jesus. There are no regular rooms left. There is nowhere that someone would want to be. In fact, there's just a dark cave of a place that they keep the animals, but this person made room for Jesus to come into the earth, and she walks in that night. And you know, it's not because people are hateful or evil or mean. They weren't keeping Joseph and Mary out because they were mean. They were keeping Joseph and Mary out because they were full. And I think that this is an important point in the story that we need to pay very, very close attention to as Americans. That it's not that they didn't believe in Jesus. It's not that they weren't kind. It's not that they didn't want to keep them. It's not that they didn't have the right intentions. No, it was just that they were full. And I think sometimes in our own life, we're just too full to make room for Jesus in our personal life. The first thing I want to challenge you to today is making room for Jesus in your life in 2020. I'm telling you, if you will make room in your life for Jesus, you will never be the same. The blessing comes when you make room for Jesus. What is your family going to do this year to make more room for Jesus? What are you going to do in your marriage to make more room for Jesus? Are we going to take the time to just around the table or if all we have is McDonald's on the road to the next ball game, at least stop in the car and thank God every single time that he's given us food to eat and that he's given us enough in our life and that we're blessed and that we're healthy and give our children a space to learn to be grateful. I believe that God is looking for people that'll make room for him this year. Now, I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to 2020. I am looking forward to being at a whole new level of making room for Jesus in our lives. I want to know this year, are you going to make room for God in your marriage? I'm looking to make more room for Jesus in my marriage this year. To stop and to pray and to ask him to bless and strengthen us. Just heard a story the other day of a friend of mine who went over to someone's house and she didn't even know that they were believers, but at the end of the night, they asked her to come to family prayer. And she said, they said they were going to family prayer. And she said, that's wonderful. You guys have, I'll be right here. They said, no, no, no. If you come in this house at night, you come to family prayer or you never come back to this house. And she said, oh, I'm, I'm good with that. I like family prayer. I didn't know I was invited. So she went in and they prayed and asked God. And as they did, this man who led his house began to pray over every single person in the circle. And he barely knew my friend, but he prayed a prayer that was very, very rang true in her life. And she was so blessed by this one act of just reserving a spot for Jesus. And even though they had company and everything was going on and there was people all around and things going on, they made room for Jesus in their house. And she said, I could feel the presence of God come and rest on me. You know, just the other day I went to a doctor's office 
This doctor asked me if he could pray for me. He made room for Jesus in his practice. I thought it was beautiful. I said, well, I I checked with him. I said, I wanted to make sure he was going to pray in the name of Jesus because I didn't want anybody just praying over me any old way. I I asked him, and he said, oh, yeah. He said, I love Jesus, and I'm a Christian. I said, well, go ahead. Just pray over me. And he prayed for me, and I felt the presence of God come down in in that medical office. Isn't that wonderful that we just make room for Jesus? It's not hard. It's simple. A prayer, a blessing, some kind of recognition of who God is, a thanksgiving, a a worship that we lift to him. Making room for it in our kids' lives, making room for it in our marriage, making room for it in our household, making room for it through the commitment of church attendance. Wow. Just that one small thing that we think is so simple, and today you're here obviously doing that very thing, attending church, but I am telling you that if you will make a commitment to God to make room for Jesus every single week, it will change your family's life forever. It's more important than travel ball. It is more important than club ball. It's more important than, I promise you, most of your children statistically will never be famous in sports but they may be famous in making Jesus famous. Their job on this planet may be to make Jesus famous, and if they aren't in church, they cannot grasp the fullness of what it is that God has for them. And so I want to encourage you this year, challenge you this year, make room for Jesus in every area, and start by making room for him every single week. You say, Jesse, is it really that important? I am telling you, I give my life to preparing a place for people to make room for Jesus every single week. Do I believe it's important? You better believe it. I believe it is the most vital thing to our existence. It is the oxygen in the spirit that we gain when we come together corporately and honor God in this place. And it's in this place that people find Jesus, grow in Jesus, that children understand who Jesus is. I want to encourage you today. If you missed 20 Sundays last year, make up your mind and make a commitment as a family. We're not missing more than 10 this year. If you're here and you've missed 10 this year, then make up your mind. Say, hey, we're going on vacation once. We're going here this week. We have one big tournament, but we're not missing more than five Sundays this year. We're making a commitment as a family. We're going to come together. Sometimes you have to sacrifice things to enter into commitment with God and make room for him in your life like that. We've made a commitment in our family that we go to Wednesday night church. We love Wednesdays, and so we come to Wednesday night church. We come to Sunday night church. We don't do that because of our profession. We do it because of our Christianity, because of our love for God. And so we, we've always done it throughout our marriage. And so our, our kids are on a team right now that they have Wednesday night practices. And we just had to make room for Jesus and take a stand that we go to church on Wednesday nights. And so we just let the coach know, we appreciate you. We love this team. We won't be here on Wednesday nights. We make room for Jesus on Wednesdays. And I am telling you the blessing that comes to your life and your family, when you make room for him and take a stand, it's the blessing that generationally passes down through your children. Amen? Amen. Let's make room for God this year. Make room for him. Number two, they brought their gifts to Jesus. I want to read this to you as you're challenged in 2020 to bring your gifts to God. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east 
and we have come to worship him. How many of you love presents? I know that people say it's not about the presents, but come on, who loves Christmas morning? It's kind of fun, right? And the presents matter. Now I'm going to tell you a story. I wish that I had a story about me failing in the present department with Brian, but I don't. So I'm going to tell you one about him failing in the present department with me. And so I I tried to think of one, but uh, that's not, uh, we're talking about presents this morning. And I was thinking about, it's hilarious. When we were young and married, Brian, I love stockings. I mean, love them. Like they are my favorite part of Christmas. I would rather have a stocking than a real big present any day. And I love going through and uh, seeing everything that's in it. I love stockings. Stockings are a big deal at our house. And uh, we were young and married, and my whole family had come to our house for Christmas, which was very uncommon. But they were there that morning, and stockings are a big deal in my family growing up. And so everybody had their stockings, and they were so excited. And Brian's an early riser, so he, he got up before anybody, and he looks at the fireplace and there are stockings for everyone except me. And Brian didn't know what to do because how many of you know everything's closed on Christmas morning? Well, that is everything but the gas station. And so he took off to that gas station and he went and he filled my stocking with something that smelled like, there was not a cigarette in the entire stocking, but everything smelled like cigarettes. And uh, I woke up that morning, I had like a stick of beef jerky and I had an oil funnel and I had like the craziest, it wasn't even like good, like, you know, there's like these nice gas stations out, that is not the one that he went to. He went to the janky gas station out in the middle of the country where you can get almost nothing. And then I had like some chips or something, you know, and he tried to make up for it. But how many of you know, if you wait and don't prepare your gift, if you don't know what you're going to bring, if you don't make a sacrifice, it's not the same as when you prepare it. Now I'm a terrible rapper. I hate to wrap gifts. I love a good gift bag. I like it when I receive gifts that are wrapped, but I am a terrible rapper. So I either uh, hire my oldest child to do all of the wrapping or we stick it all in bags or better yet, we cover it with a blanket. I think that's a legitimate form of gift giving. Uh, so I, sometimes you just do what you have to do to get through the day. But I, uh, I, I, I'm not a great rapper, but I have a friend who goes anywhere she goes any, on any trip, she tries to find a wrapping store because she loves wrapping so much. And every gift she gives is like wrapped in this beautiful paper and then she has the perfect color bow. Like you're so lucky to get a bow if you're my friend. It's not even, if I give you a bow, I mean, I must really have done something terrible to you. And cards, forget it. I'm not getting cards. It's not happening. But she always has the perfect card and the perfect bow and the perfect thing. Why? Because gift giving is one of her gifts. She is good at it. These wise men came and they brought gifts to Jesus. And they brought them when they weren't even people of our Christian faith. These people were from the East. These men were divining through the stars. They weren't even behaving in Christian activity and yet somehow found 
found Jesus. In the midst of all of it, they found a star that symbolized Jesus, and they went after him. And they didn't go without anything in their hand. They sacrificed something. They wrapped it good. They had something that was worth something. They had made a great sacrifice to come. It was a dangerous journey, and they had traveled in a dangerous way away from their families because they believed that there was a king to be worshipped. How much more as believers should we worship God with everything that we have? Should we sacrifice and bring something that costs us something? Because a true gift costs you something. They brought gold, frankincense, and they brought myrrh. And a lot of people say, why did they bring that to a baby? Was it typical? Not necessarily, but a lot of scholars believe that in the next few years, as Joseph would attempt to hide Jesus and keep him alive for the ministry that was ahead of him in his life, that he would use those very resources that, the, that those men, the wise men, brought to him to fund the travel that they would need to have for Jesus so that he could be who he was called to be. See, God is not the God of frustration. He is the God of provision. And he sees ahead and provides for you. God is looking to bless you. He's looking to provide for you. And he is looking to put something in your hand to give so that the provision can go on into your future. Every time we hold on to provision, we deny God the ability to move us into the next stage of our destiny. We are holding on to what it is that he is using to place us in the next spot. God is looking to take something and cut it off of your life so that he can move it into the future. And he, you, the blessing of God can be on you. He took what Jesus needed and had them bring it from afar. Everything was provided. And Jesus was sitting there just a little bitty baby that had no need of anything but his mom and her milk. And God took it and put it in the hands of Joseph so that he could Stay alive until he got to the place that God had called him to be. He was called by God to change the world, and he couldn't have done it if he would have died early. Joseph did a fantastic job of ministering to Jesus with what he had in his hand. I want you to know today that you can bring your gifts to God. You can bring your gifts. What kind of, uh, what kind of gifts, Jesse? Your gift of service. Just like we saw them honor the prep team this morning with a funny video, still that prep team, they're honoring God with their service. What is it that you're honoring God with your service through? Are you serving uh, people in your community? Are you serving the, those in your church? Are you giving? Are you using the gift of generosity? Are you using the gift of mercy that God has placed on the inside of you to serve those around you? It's important that we give our gifts to Jesus. The gift of love, I'm telling you this one's huge because the only way that people know we are Christians, the Bible says they will know you are Christians by your perfection, no. They'll know you're Christians because you always do it right, no. They'll know you're Christians because you always say the right thing, that's not gonna work. They will know you are Christians because you look perfect. No, they'll know you're Christians because you're dressed right. No, they will know you are Christians because everything that you do uh, has a Christian meme attached to it. No, they will know that you are Christians because of your love. And today, if you wanna give God a gift that is genuine and costs you something, I'm telling you, love will cost you something. 
But love is the only thing that gives you the identifying factor of a believer on your life that the world can follow and know, hey, that person is a Christian and I know it because their love looks different than the world's love. Amen? What other gift can we give God in 2020? Well, we can give him the gift of our finances. We can give him something that costs us something. We can cut something off from our life. Every single year, Brian and I say to God, God, let us give more than we gave last year. We're not comparing ourselves among ourselves. We're not trying to give more than the other person. Brian and I are literally competing against ourselves to see how much we can sacrifice and cut off of our life to give to God. This year was a year that we were allowed by God to give more. It's such a joy to us to get to sacrifice and to cut something off of our life and hand it into the hand of God because we know that what we have is temporary, but what God gets is eternal. He turns it into souls for his kingdom. And when we get to heaven, the only thing that we're going to get to take with us is those souls. So if we use our finances to fund the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have set ourselves up for a great celebration day when we get to the throne room. How many of you are looking forward to the throne room of God where we get to celebrate and rejoice on the day that God takes us home. It's going to be beautiful. I'm telling you, it's going to be a great day. Service, love, and finances. The third thing I want to challenge you with this morning, in 2020, let's bring more of our worship to the table. I'm telling you, worship costs you something. You got to lay down pride. You have to lay down time. You have to lay down lots of things. What is it that God wants to say to you? Are we missing it because we haven't spent time with him? If we came in more and lifted up his name in worship and listened to his voice, what would we learn from God in 2020 that we tried to figure out all on our own in 2019? The revelation that comes to us through worship is a beautiful thing. You walk into the presence of God one way, and if you really go in with worship and thanksgiving, you come out on the other side different. There is no doubt in my mind because it has happened over and over and over again. One of my favorite things to see in my children is their heart becoming a heart of worship. That what they see reminds them of their God and it brings worship from their very innermost being. Have you ever seen something that was so beautiful that it immediately reminded you of God and worship began to come out of you? Go to see the mountains, man, worship will come up and out of you if you know who God is. You, you see certain things in the natural, it brings worship out of you. You see certain things in your spouse that you thought they would never get to that place in God and then they behave like a mature believer and worship comes out of you. You see your children begin to understand who God is and it changes them. You see them get saved. Oh, when you see your children get baptized, worship will come from your innermost being. If we genuinely love God and we're tapped into the fact that only God can do these things, then it should bring worship out of us at a greater level. And I am believing that 2020 is going to be a year of great wonder, that we are going to wonder at the things of God, that he is going to show us great and mighty things that we don't know of. I am believing that in 2020 that our church is going to see the greatest revival that we've ever seen since the birth of his church. 
I'm telling you, in the last 15 years, I has not seen nor ear heard what God will do among us in 2020. And I know this because the Spirit of the Lord has revealed it, not just to our pastor, but all the way through our leadership. And as we pray, I'm telling you, you better get ready to worship because God's wonder and awe are going to hit you this year. You're going to be amazed at what God has done. How many of you are looking to move out of 2019 and into 2020 and what God has for us this year. I am. I'm ready. Let's go. I'm telling you, I'm ready for New Year's already. If it wasn't for that food on Christmas, I'd just go ahead and skip there right now. God has something in store for us. They worshiped him right there as a little baby in Luke 2, verse 8. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The angel announced to the shepherd that Christ was born. The shepherds came to Bethlehem to see him and they and uh, what had happened and they ended up just worshiping this king. That's what Christmas is really about. It's about worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Will you stand up on your feet with me today? I wish I could have been, been there and seen it then, but what we know about God now is that he is good, that his mercy endures forever. That when we wake up in the morning, his mercy comes to us fresh every single day. We know something about God, that he is always, what church? Good. He is always good. And I tell you what, if you will just join with me this morning, we're gonna sing a little, we're gonna sing a song of worship to God. And you just extend your heart to him. Go ahead if you want to and just close your eyes and focus on him. Don't get in a rush to get out of here this morning. In, in fact, let's just take two minutes and focus on a God that gave us everything that he had, his very, very best, Jesus. Oh, come, oh, ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come, ye, oh, come, ye to Church, lift your hands and your hearts to him this morning. Father, we worship you. 
We glorify you with everything that we are. We bring our gifts to you. We bring our worship to you. And Jesus, we make room for you in our homes, in our lives, in our businesses, in our schools, in every area of our life today, God. We honor you. Oh, come let us adore him. with our life, with our marriages, with our children. May this be a place of generational faith passed down for years and years to come. May your word always be read and honored. May we follow you with all of our heart. And Lord, we say, let this place be a landmark for salvation. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. If you agree, just say amen. Amen. Well, guess what? Christmas, yeah, give God a big hand clap. Go ahead. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, God.